You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carrots Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Wednesday, November 8th. The 49ers bye week is over, and the team is back in game prep mode. Joining me to discuss which version of these 49ers team shows up Sunday, John Chapman, Wayne Breezy. We're back. How was your guys' bye week? You do anything fun? Yeah, I sure did. I got a trainer. And he made me miss last week's show. I'm calling him out, Miles. You do, yep, that's what I do. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm accountable. I like to be where I say I'm going to be. And then he messed it up. So, Miles, you got to be better. Uh, just like the 49ers got to be better. Uh, but you know what Breezy's doing? He's getting back on track, which I think the 49ers will be back on track in California. I mean, excuse me, in Florida this week. So, the Niners will be back on track. They'll get back yeah. to the way they play football. Yeah, I, I'm pumped just about what's to come. I, the bye week was wonderful. The bye week was great. I made it down to the beach, went to Pacifico, which was a really good time. And, you know, play, I'm going to be honest, play some video games. What's up, my Halo community? Um, you know, did my thing. What's up, Grand Day? And so, but I'm glad to be back. It, the break was needed, but man... There's so much on the horizon for this wonderful football team. And as a fan, as a content creator, as a human being, you got to enjoy this 49ers roster and what is on the cusp. Yeah, I know we're coming off three weeks. Didn't go well. But this roster, this schedule, our record is the best since 2019. Anything that the Niners have wanted, any of their goals, all still available. Uh, maybe not all of them, but I do appreciate. We will talk about that in a bit. I saw your tweets this morning, Steph. I saw your emojis. I think I'm gonna let that slide because I'm, I'm not happy about that. But uh, yeah, (laughs) wait till the end of the show. We'll we'll save that. That Um, But look, just a quick shout out to John. I see. Uh, you know, John, you you hit 1,000 episodes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Congrats, man. That's awesome. This is uh, you know, this is 1,001. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We, we just keep climbing. And that's very a great thankful. number, John. So, Steph, you want to know why I do 55 shows a week? <laughs> I'm trying to get to that 1,000. Once I get there, I'm going to cruise control. Like, I promise now, I'm just playing. John, congratulations Thank to all you, the hard work you do. Great work that you do for the 49er yeah, faithful man. community. Yeah, man, we appreciate it. And Avatar here says he's going to go to the game. We'll try to Ooh. stop by to the tailgate. So, you know, he said, try, I don't like the uh, word. Please let me know the section of the tailgate. So, yes, man, we're right across the street. The closest place it is called the tailgate bar and grill. They've got a huge outdoor space that we got. So come stop by. We are expecting to sell out. Just saying uh, 49ers rush road trip. Go check it out. 49ers rush road trip.com. If you want tickets. So I would love for you to stop by and say what's up, but it's supposed to be packed. This might be our biggest tailgate we have all year. I love it. So that does that mean we're expecting a lot of 49er fans out there? Because it better be yes. that'd be that'd be great. All right. This is the closest game to like, I don't know, eight states in the southeast. So if you're a Niners fan from Florida, Mississippi, Alabama, Tennessee, wherever, this is the game you had circled. And so Niners fans show out. You know, Atlanta last year when we were there, Wayne, people came out in force, man. Atlanta and I expect a- that to be the same. Yep. The turnout from the people and the faithful, yep, but not the turnout from that game. I swear to goodness, if the 49ers do what they did in Atlanta, I'm punching something. 
Somebody, somebody. You can hit me, Wayne. I give you okay, permission. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Something's yeah, getting we punched. Wanna, we we want to forget that game, and we want to forget the the last three as well. But I did want to talk about uh, some recent like 49ers news. It's minor, but you know the 49ers did sign former Princeton offensive lineman and undrafted free agent Henry Bird to their practice squad. The reason being is that Aaron Banks, of course, is expected to miss a few weeks, and it's going to be John Feliciano who gets the start in his absence at left guard at this moment. We are not sure if Trent Williams will suit up on Sunday. We'll probably know a little bit more um, if he practices later today, but we're not sure yet. I just want to talk about our expectations for Feliciano and if those expectations expectations change at all with or without Trent there. Okay, cool. If Trent is not there, I had to just take a take a re- Debo is there, right? So like here's yeah. the thing. Like, and I'm not saying that we don't need Trent Williams. I know people are gonna take this thing and twist it. No, that's not what I'm saying. I want Trent Williams. He needs to be there. But if he's unavailable to go, I don't care really about what the offensive line in it since because now that you have that key cog to making the offense fluid and working, which isn't Trent. It's it's Debo. Like you can tell. Like you want to talk about those three losses. I mean, him not even if he's there and he's a decoy, he could just play. It changes the way defenses have to play the 49ers offense. I think Brock goes back to getting the ball out quickly. Uh, you'll still get play action, but you'll get a lot more quick throws. Debo being there, it, it, it just enables Brandon Ayuk to continue to just be the best damn person on the field, right? You still can utilize George. Here's the cool thing. By not having Debo there, we now remember who George Kittle is. So maybe Kyle Shanahan can find a way to utilize Kittle as well, even in the pass-catching game. So, look, I think Debo being there enables the offense to click. Now, having Trent seals that offensive line. He just makes the whole offensive line better. Um, And it's going to be rough. But I think Brock knows they've been practicing without him. No shot to Jalen Moore. Uh, but that left side, I, I will say this, at least the left side and the right side will be balanced. Yeah, that, that's well said. And <laughs> probably not in a positive way. Yeah, nope. I'm like, like okay. Uh, I didn't, it's balanced. So you can take it however you want. a positive way to look at it, I guess. I expect Trent to play this week. Now, well, you, he has thank missed you. the opening day practice all year. Not because of injuries, sometimes injuries, but they just don't. And so he has not practiced the Wednesday, the typical Wednesday first practice of the week. All season. He hasn't practiced one of them. He didn't practice the Monday bonus practice. I don't think he's going to practice today. We're recording this Wednesday morning. Um, but I do fully expect him to play. Now, with your question on John Valenciano, who I have the utmost confidence in, if he is paired next to Trent Williams. You look at Aaron Banks. <laughs> yeah, right. Aaron Banks was Pro Bowl level anytime 71 was next to him. As soon as Dang. 71 left, Aaron Banks turned into our worst offensive lineman. So Valenciano could use the help. He's got so much experience. I have a lot of confidence in him. He has a different play style than Banks. He's much more aggressive and physical, more of a mauler, more of a mover. Um, So I I don't think that Valenciano is an issue. The backup to Valenciano, that is where the issues arise. If you have an injury on that interior offensive line, that is where it gets scary. Um, I hope that Il Manning gets promoted or Corey Luciano as the backup center. 
we'll have to see how they finagle this. I know Henry Burt's the new addition, but I don't think that he would be the one that would be called up if there's an injury because they still have five offensive linemen on the practice squad. New addition, Henry Burt, Jesse Davis, Alfredo Gutierrez. He's a tackle, won't get promoted probably ever. Um, Corey Luciano, Il Manning. I want Il Manning to be the backup, not Zakil. I know they'll give it to Zakil, but... I have so much more faith in Neil Manning, but not this coaching staff. Forrester loves Zakil. I had, I, I don't know. Well, well, let's just hope that there aren't any more injuries, right? And we don't have to see those guys. <laughs> there you, you know, go. There you let's, go. let's just hope for that. Right, let's just hope for that. And yeah, Leroy Watson did get picked up, um, signed by another team. Uh, so no longer on the 49ers practice squad. Cleveland no longer Browns, too. So. Oh, guys. Cleveland Browns. He went Browns. to the Browns. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Of course he did. Yeah. <laughs> Where else hurts. would he go? <laughs> that hurts. But, you know, um, oh, I had to get to this comment here from Gammon. Breezy, Say please less. get Steph on next song. She got Say bars. Less. Steph okay. Bars. That's her music name. Steph Bars will be on the next <laughs> Breezy on the Beat. I love it. Okay, yeah, because you know he found me on Spotify, I guess. So I do I do got some songs on there. So, you know, just saying. Wait, what? What? Yeah, me, how do I not know this? Send, send me the link. Cause send me. Was, send, how do we find the, this? It's it's under Strag, so S T R A G. Um, might be hard to find. I don't know because I think Ooh. there are other Ooh. results might pop up. But yes, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll send the link. You know, I love it, man. Don't worry about it. I'll send the link. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So on John Feliciano, like. I yes, again, I would feel way more confident if Trent is out there, but if not, I'm gonna be a little hesitant because one of the things that I've seen people say about this particular matchup with the Jags running, you know, zone defense uh in their coverage, I've seen a lot of people say Brock has to be patient in, in this one. He has to wait for those windows to open up. Does he have the time? Will he have the time for those windows to open up if Trent isn't there? I'm optimistic still that Trent will play. But still, let's just say that he doesn't. I wouldn't feel so great about that because the offensive line has not been doing, you know, Brock any favors these past couple of weeks when Trent's been out. Yeah, and I'll say this. I know it's not my turn. Sorry about that. This dude's got 5,000 career snaps almost logged. Like, John Valenciano's no chump. This dude's been around the block. He's been in the league since 2015. He's started more games than he hasn't. I have no issues with Valenciano. The issue is when Trent's out, everybody else plays down. And I think he's playing. I think Trent's playing. I think I want to think that too. Uh, and I'm not saying that he needs to practice to play, but Trent's playing. This is the first game after the bye. It's like the first game of the season for Trent. This is season part two. I'm with you, John. He's going to play. I'm, you know, I'm a little bit curious about him playing on the right on the left side though because usually it's all right to center and mm. not much left login snaps for john feliciano and i'm not an offensive lineman i do know putting your hand in the dirt is the issue so like can he play it i'm sure he can how effective will he be i don't know um but there's got to be ways to get the ball out of the hands quickly mm. um for Brock Purdy, and I'm not just talking screens. I'm I, I'm just talking quick reads. You're open, boom, throw it, right? To allow the progressions to open up. Because what we all want to see is the play-action pass. That's where Brock thrives, right? Play-action, play-action, maybe some more boot action. Either way, fake that ball to the goddamn running back. Now, I personally think 
this offensive line that we're, we have should be really still good and run blocking. So let's run the damn ball. Let's just run. Let's run it. Yes. They can't stop. They're, they're bad at stopping the run anyway. So let's just run the ball, right? Let's just find a way to run the ball. I don't care if they got five-man fronts, six-man fronts. Kyle has to be able to open up this run game and get these running backs uh, going, whether it's Christian McCaffrey with 30 carries, Jordan Mason with 10 carries, and Elijah Mitchell with two carries. I don't care. Figure it out. Like, And that's the issue. And maybe Brock runs more, too, because he just seems comfortable. Hey, they're playing, man. They're off. I can get six or seven yards. I know how to slide. I know how to get out of bounds. I know it, we tense up when we see it. But Brock's not afraid to run the ball. So I think running is going to be key in this particular game. And I Led think the John team Feliciano, in rushing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he did. Who saw he, that like, salvaged. He salvaged, like, their running efficiency <laughs> numbers because – he did, he did it all on his own. And, uh, you know, Wayne, you mentioned, you know, maybe getting Jordan Mason, you know, 10 carries. Kyle Shanahan in response to that is, can I interest you in 10 carries for Elijah Mitchell instead? Yes, you're right. <laughs> so, I, I don't know what that's just, yeah, I don't freak know. Elijah Mitchell has on Kyle Shanahan, but it's something. I, I, you know, something. I, I, I simply just think, like, Kyle is such a stickler for the details and – being virtually perfect without the ball in your hands. Like you better be on your game when it comes to pass pro um, as a running back, you better be on your game on all your P's and Q's, wherever you got to be on the field on any given play, you better know it. And I kind of wonder if that's why we're seeing more Elijah Mitchell, because he knows all those things. Yeah. the, inc- the Maybe Jordan stuff. Mason doesn't, you know, ha- hasn't been on top of that. Like we would hope. So maybe, Maybe Jordan Mason's in the doghouse. I don't know. I, I hope not. I would like to see more of him in the second half of the season as well. But look, the 49ers did work out a number of players a, a couple of days ago, you know, given some of the injuries, some of their depth needs right now. Of course, you see Henry Bird on this list, who they just signed to the practice squad. But besides him, is there anyone else on this list who is notable to you guys? John, can we do it simultaneously? <laughs> Let's do it, baby. Ready? One, two, three. Dante, Dante Johnson. Johnson. I don't like the way we said Johnson, but yes, he's going <laughs> to somehow end up in the 2023 NFL season in a San Francisco 49ers uniform. I don't know why. At, at this point, go get Jaquiski Tart. You might as well just bring them all back. Does Dante Hittner still want to play football? Like, at the end of the day, just bring these guys back in here if we're going to go back to Dante Johnson. Now, I will say this about Dante because I know everybody knows and probably feels the same exact way. I will say if he does find a way to end up on this practice squad, he will be active for a game this year. I can tell you that right now. But he will be the most versatile piece. I didn't say he would be the greatest versatile piece, but he will be a player that can play safety. He could be a player that could play cornerback. He'll be a player that might just fit this Steve Wilkes weird-ass scheme on defense. Like, he just might fit it. I'm done. John, take over. Yeah, I mean, I, we all love Dante Johnson. Do I want him playing snaps for this team? I do not. If he does, I want it at safety or special teams. Shouldn't He should never play in the nickel. Like, he shouldn't have played in the nickel the past five years. Uh, but I love the man, and I hope he coaches and whatever else. And not only him, Jordan Matthews got signed this week as well. So, really? like, it's like, yes, like, not with us, with another team. But, like, it's just, you know, coming back. Now, if I could have anybody on this list, I want Rajon Wright. I enjoyed yeah. doing Oregon his State, baby. Yeah, Oregon I, I like him, man. So the that's who I would 
I would check off that one. I hope Rajon Wright comes in and joins us, but uh, we'll see. I doubt this is just you're you're putting all these names and you're just building your practice squad and all those things. And so if you get a couple injuries at a position, that's where Dante Johnson comes in. But uh, Rajon Wright's the upside play, uh, in my personal opinion here. Uh, Steph, so, before you continue, wasn't he one of the ones that we worked out? Yeah. During the offseason? Uh, Ra- uh, during the uh, Rajon Wright. He was one yeah. of the cornerbacks. Yeah, yep. okay. Yep. So, they, yeah, the 49ers had worked him out before uh, during the draft process. I think mm-hmm. they were at his pro day as well or something like that. So, yeah, there's history there. Out of all these guys on the list, they did sign Henry Bird, right? Like, we know that. I don't know if Dante Johnson is going to end up being signed or Rajon Wright, but – it's an option, right? Like when you work guys out, you know, you keep their number on file and whatnot. So I, I just thought it was very funny because like we had just last week, we were talking about Samuel Womack and Daryl Luter and how they could potentially help this team down the stretch, you know, both of which had their 21 day practice windows open in hopes of coming off of injured reserve. But I don't think uh, we had Dante Johnson on our bingo card this year. And I'm actually seeing fans like excited about it. Like, yes, let's sign Dante Johnson. Like when in the past have you ever seen this team like or fans so excited? And I think it just speaks to how bad the nickel situation is right now. And I know you mentioned, John, like we don't like him there. But I, I just think that's why fans are like, let's just bring anyone in. Like it has to be better than Isaiah Oliver, right? Which I don't know if I agree with, but I I think that's why there's this uh, excitement around DJ. Aside from the joke, the running joke of him somehow always being on this team. <laughs> he's he's played he's played over 100 games for the 49ers. The dude was Jimmy Ward's roommate to the Senior Bowl. Like he's he's you know your uncle that you haven't seen in a long time. It has always kind of been there. And so that's just what it is. And so Dante Johnson, he's a comfort blanket. I get it. And it's always kind of been a joke. The barnacle, number 27. Number 27 is gone. So if he does come back, I, I don't know. Maybe he goes back to 36. I think 36 is open. Um, yeah, I don't think anybody has that number. But, yeah, yeah I don't think it's going to happen. And I hope he doesn't play for us. But I love him. And I hope he's part of this team. I just don't want him playing defensive snaps personally. Hope that's okay. Yeah. It's like I, he I could be on Amory the team, Thomas just keep him far Dante from the Johnson field. At this point, like I agree, yeah. Wayne. Yeah. yeah, like just give Aaron Thomas crazy. the burn, which is crazy. Which Even is I'm crazy. saying it's crazy. I got it. I, I'm with it. Special teams where he belongs. He's just yeah. not getting it, grasping it. He's all right. Not. Well, we all know the 49ers started the season five and zero, then the drop three consecutive games. So this bye week seemed to come at a perfect time to give this team that much needed reset. But given the fact that we've seen such like vastly different versions of the 49ers so far this season, like they're Jekyll and Hyde. Like I'm still having a a tough time gauging who they are and what their identity is this year. Are they somewhere in the middle of the two versions? Are they closer to the version we saw from weeks one through five or six through eight? Like I have no idea. And I'm hoping that this week 10 game against the Jags could provide some clarity to knowing okay who is this team are they going to be a team who's going to be able to make a a deep run and and do all the things that we hope they can do right so I don't know what your guys' thoughts on this team is right now but which version do you think we see coming out of the bye week that's a great question right because Jekyll and Hyde is like 
perfect who the 49ers are, like who who they've become. If you want to know what their identity is, they, they're hot and they've been cold. Uh, and so the question is, who are we going to get? Look, I, I hate to say this, but this is like for the for the Jacksonville Jaguars, I just really feel like this is a get right game for the 49ers. I think now that they've they've let, let me just let me just bring this into the picture just a little bit. The 49ers found a way to have a winning record by the bye week. That's number one. Number two, they found a way to be the majority of health has been on their side. They've missing a few QP. They found that way. Number three, they found another way to add an explosive piece, right? When I say get right, I mean, we lost to two AFC North teams and an NFC North team, right? And the Minnesota Vikings. We lost to the North. We're struggling against the North. I don't think we're going to struggle against the South. And I think that the 49ers are going to get right. Now, I'm not saying they're going to score 49 points, which would be great. But I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. They're going to be playing a hot team, five straight wins going into their bye week. They're coming off their bye week. But the Niners are pretty much locked and loaded. And the only question mark for the San Francisco 49ers is going to be a Trent Williams. I think this is where Kyle really starts to say, you know what, it's time to flip the switch. I think defensively they flip that switch because they know the 49ers are typically usually the hottest team after the bye every single season. Like, that's who they are. They're going to get back to that. So I don't know which one is great. Is it Jekyll? Is it Hyde? But they're going to be hot to trot in this game. And I think that they make this a, a, a statement game where they just go out and just let the world know this is who we really are. Yeah, I, I I love it, and, and it's weird because they they have a better record. The Jacks are six and two, like they have a better record. Five games, like you said, off the same bye. But you look at Vegas, you know we're three point favorites. The 49ers are in this game, which doesn't make much sense until you look at the rosters, and the roster is very simply an advantage to the 49ers. Now you mm-hmm. can say Trevor Lawrence, you could say yeah they've got some great pieces on offense. I understand all those things, but there is nobody in their right mind that would choose the Jags team over the 49ers roster. You would not do it. Coaching, all right. Doug Peterson's been – Dougie Fresh is for real. That dude's a hell of a coach. Um, and so, like, he's he's incredible. But let's just be real. We know who their general manager is, right? This is freaking <laughs> Trent Baalke. Like, let's just be honest here. And, you know – I'll say this. The 49ers should win this game. The 49ers should be pissed. The 49ers should be re-energized. The 49ers should be rested. I also said they should have been pissed after that Browns game. Should have been super pissed after the Vikings game. and They didn't respond there. So what's different now? Does Debo make that big of a difference? Does Chase Young make that big of a difference? Does a healthy Drake Greenlaw really move the needle? Does Trent Williams? And I, I think the answer is yes. All of the above. This team's going to come out rocking, man. I, I really do believe that. And whether it's close, it's a blowout, I don't give a damn. The Niners just got to worry about themselves. This has nothing to do with the Jaguars. You play your ball. You play your game, Kyle Shanahan. Call the damn run plays, even if they're not working. Keep running the ball. Everything's going to sort itself out. You know, I do kind of feel like the team will look balanced again. I think, I think these last few weeks, like they haven't looked that way. They've looked, 
disconnected, not just like when talking about the defensive line of the coverage, but even from like the defense to the offense, I feel like it's been disconnected, right? Like they're not helping each other out. And when they, when one side's helping the other out, the other one isn't, you know what I mean? So I, I think they need to get back to playing complementary football and what we saw in the first five weeks of the season is the offense kind of taking on that lead of this team and, and being what they've kind of leaned on. And I think in this game, they're going to get back to a successful offense because is if Debo's out there and I know we're like, is, is one player really enough to like, you know, change an entire offense. I think we've seen these last few weeks and I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm feeling like Debo is kind of that dude. Like he's, he's that dude who can make a difference to this offense. He does so much, even without the ball in his hands, defenses respect it. I think these last few weeks we've seen defenses not respect anything that isn't Debo like in motion or, you know, just out there on the field. And that has hindered the offense a ton. And so I think Debo being out there and if Trent could be out there too, this is going to be a completely different offense than the one that we saw in the last three games. You know, I, I think they're they're going to be ready to put more points on the board. And with that, that's going to help the defense because then your defense is not in these negative game scripts and they could just do what they do, which, you know, at this point hasn't been the dominant defense that we've been accustomed to in previous years. But that's okay. Like, they could still win with that, clearly, because that's what they were doing the first five weeks of the season. So I think if they could just go back to running the football, you know, having Debo be the threat that he is, putting points up on the board, limiting the turnovers, it seems like a lot to do, right? But the 49ers have it in them. So I I think that's what they're going to do in this game. And even if it's a close game, even if the Jags do score their fair share of points too, I, I think they can come away with a win in this one. So, and that's that's what I'm hoping we see not just in Week Ten, but for the rest of the season too, because they have some some tough games in the second half of the season coming up. Yeah, the Niners. Look, I I, I know the Jags are hot, uh, but when you look at the defenses, they if the if the Niners defense is back to what it was and and, and what we know that it is, right? You saw a lot of mental mistakes on defense, whether it's from coaching to execution or injury, whatever. But if the Niners defense just get back, they're still number three in points. Like I, at the end of the day, yo, and they still number three in stopping the run. I know we give up explosive plays. I'm, I am the, I I hate explosive plays, but they happen right every single week. And I'm like the Niners, stop it. But they do. It's like one. And then it's the one somewhere way down in the game. But then they, they find a way to manage it. So those explosive plays, though they stick out at the moment, they don't really hinder. And if you want to talk about the Cincinnati game, it's just that the offense was just so putrid. Like they couldn't – they were turning the ball over. The defense back was against the wall. They got to figure out how to keep them out of the end zone. And it's easy for a – I would say an elite quarterback like a Joe Burrow to find a way to get the ball to the end zone in the red zone. I mean, I think that's pretty easy. But listen, I think the Niners defense is going to be back to where it is. I mean, I know it is. And then on top of that, they added in an extra, I don't want to say an extra pass rusher. I feel like that's doing him like injustice. They added in a premier pass rusher that's also playing for a mother freaking contract at the end of this season and if you want incentive based play you want a player to play or outplay who they are 
it's Chase Young, right? And so, look, Niners did what they needed to do. They got him in there. The question is, will Steve Wilkes just allow his front four? I call them the rush four. That's what they – just rush four. Just rush four. Drop the guys back. Let them play in coverage. I don't think that the 49ers defense is going to struggle against this offense. I think they go back uh, to stopping the run first. Just like you said on offense, we go back to running the ball first. Yep. It starts with the run on both sides of the ball. Niners mm-hmm. get back to that. Brock Purdy gets back to playing the way he's been playing, and the Niners get back to winning. I think that's the simple formula for the San Francisco 49ers, and that's what that five-game win streak was like. They get back to it. Second half of the season, it's playoff time. Yeah. And you brought up explosive plays, Wayne, and I think that's like the thing. Like, I understand all the criticism that goes to this defense. We have the third-fewest explosive plays allowed in the NFL. Third-fewest. Um, we've allowed 37 total explosive plays. Guess who number one in the NFL is? That's the Jaguars. Yeah, they also are doing that. But when Steve Wilkes came in, he said there's two goals for this defense. One, limit explosive plays. Two, force turnovers. Mm -hmm. We have the most interceptions per game in the NFL. Like, Steve Wilkes has done what he came to do. Limit explosives, force turnovers. Now, has it been perfect outside of that? It is not. But if you look at this defense last year, everybody's like, oh, D'Amico, 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 and I love D'Amico. We are ranked higher than our defense was after nine weeks last year. Do you remember that Chiefs game? And everybody was just like, oh, we're done. We're done. And no, that's not the way it is. You have to put everything in context and look at the entire season. The NFL is weird as hell, and there's always bad games. We've always talked about how the 49ers start slow, They always finish fast. They always finish strong. And we are in a better position than we have been at any point all the way back since 2019 when we went to the Super Bowl. We've been to two NFC championships with worse records than five and three. The Niners are just fine. We're healthier than we have been in the past at this point as well. Um, Defense, I'm not too concerned. I'm really, really not. Yeah, I mean, speaking about the defense, like a lot of people feel like they're going through a bit of an identity crisis too, right? Like new defensive coordinator, of course, uh, sometimes that'll happen. Uh, they have new wrinkles, a couple of new starters, some of which won't be named, but that aren't playing at the level of their predecessors. Um, I also don't know what version of this defense shows up, right? Because I, I think that week five game against the Cowboys was kind of an accumulation of weeks one through four for the defense and everything kind of came together in that game very perfectly for them. And then we saw the ugly side, right. In consecutive weeks. And we're wondering like, okay, what the hell happened? And so I'm extremely curious and intrigued by what this defense could look like coming off this by, you know, Kyle Shanahan pretty much hinted that him and Steve Wilkes were going to put their heads together and figure some things out, brainstorm some adjustments, and oh yeah, they they traded for Chase Young, right? So, it, which in theory should help this defensive line. Uh, so, like my expectations for this defense is that they are going to bounce back and and they are going to find their groove again. And and like I said, I don't think they need to be that dominant defense that they were in the past when you know Jimmy G was at quarterback and the defense had to do with the heavy lifting. I think they can do just enough just enough to keep this team within striking distance and the offense should be able to do enough to, you know, win games by putting points on the board. Right. So 
I, I think that's what we see more in, in the second half. I think the defensive line is going to come alive with the addition of Chase Young because, like you said, Wayne, I also don't think he's just a pass rusher, man. Like, he's he's a good run defender as well. He he locks up that edge, all right? And that's something the 49ers have been missing, you know, especially opposite uh, Bosa, right? So that's going to be a strength, I think, going forward for this team, and that's going to help because we've talked about how important – stopping the run game is on defense and how important it is for the offense to get rolling, get their run game rolling. So bingo, bingo, bingo. Nailed it. But how much, uh, how, how much do you think Chase Young realistically plays on Sunday? I think it's like the, the timing of it was perfect because he had the bye week to, you know, acclimate himself to the defense. You know, he was he was with Nick Bosa, you know, learning the scheme and everything. So I kind of feel like he can hit the ground running on Sunday if the 49ers want him to. And, you know, even if he doesn't know everything, it's like, hey, just go get the quarterback. Right. Like that's simple enough. So what are your what are your first game predictions for Chase Young as a Niner? Yeah, I think he gets a sack in this game um, just because of the strength of just who he is and what he does, right? He he knows how to get to the quarterback. I mean, I'm hoping he gets all the one-on-ones. I know Nick Bosa will get some, but I'm hoping he gets all of the one-on-ones and he can show you exactly who he is and what he's been doing consistently in 2023. Zero problems when he's with the commanders. I don't expect any problems here. I think as far as game plan, when you the way you utilize him in your system, you let him do what he does best. His instinct to stop the run and contain the edge is bar none, maybe the best on the team as of right now. Not saying Nick Bosa is bad. Nick Bosa is really good at stopping the run. I'm just saying now you got another person that comes in here and does that. But his ability to just find a way to not just overpower a one-on-one, but literally he's quick, right? He's quick. He might not be speedy, but he's quick. Big difference. And he finds ways to get to the quarterback. And here's the thing, like, I feel like now, like, I know I've been crying about sacks and sacks on sacks on sacks because I just like freaking sacks. That's what I like. Not sex, but sacks. Sacks. <laughs> like, sacks from, you know, sacks. Santa Claus's sacks. No, because every time I say the word sacks, they say I'm saying the word sex. You and I don't ghost. Sex, sex, whatever. Anyway, at <laughs> the end of the day, at the end of the day, I just feel like Chase Young is going to be just fine. Just let him play football, especially this game. Let him let him play how he's been playing and then find ways you can tweak them and 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 get some th- other things out of them. I, I he also can stunt. I, you we can have possible and I know nobody wants to see stunts. We possibly can see some double weird stunts in this particular game. Just hope they have enough time to get home. I don't think Oh, Steph, I have to ask you this question. How quickly does Trevor Lawrence get the ball out of his hand? I only he's, I only ask you this. I don't ask anybody else. He's he's one of the fastest right Damn, now. Damn, Gina. Uh, yeah, I know. Time to plan these fast ass uh, quarterbacks that can release the ball quickly. Dang! Uh, can we get one week? Can we get Kenny Pickett another week? <laughs> <laughs> right. I I'm trying to find the exact number. Two point four one seconds. Mother Second freaker. fastest. In- Second fastest in the league. Yeah. Joe Burrow so. was number one. Now we're playing yeah. the second fastest. It's not going to change. The blueprint's been put out there. And so how do you kind of take this away from the 49ers? You throw the ball out quick. And I know everybody's like, man, that sucks. But I don't mind that. 
as long as you know that, that helps. Good job. They just haven't taken advantage of that yet. If they're not going to be holding the ball, you can be more aggressive in your coverage. You really can. And, you know, again, we're tied for most interceptions. I think that's something that can continue in this type of matchup. Now, the question was, Chase Young, what's his impact? I know he was listed as a starter on the unofficial depth chart that's put out by the media team. I do expect him to start. I do expect him to get a lot of snaps. Um, now, we have a different philosophy than what Washington had. Chase Young had almost the exact same amount of snaps as Nick Bosa, and he played one fewer game before the trade. So defensive end, that's a pretty damn easy transition when you're learning playbooks. Yeah, there's some different things and technicalities, which he talked about in his press conference, but D-line's pretty simple to transition from. And so we saw what happened with Christian McCaffrey last year, like literally two days got put in and played a half, then was starting full-time after one week. I think he's going to get pretty close to 35 to 45 snaps this game. Yeah, I think so too. I think, you know, he he is going to start, uh, you know, they'll probably rest him here and there, you know, in between some, you know, some snaps. But I think, of course, he'll always be there on the obvious passing downs. And I, I also kind of expect him to get a sack. And I, I'm i going to say two sacks for Bosa because he's going to be pumped. He's going to be juiced, all right? Um, so my one concern with this matchup is that I feel like the Jags offense do a lot of things well that the 49ers defense has been struggling with. Screens! This, yeah. And a mobile quarterback. Um, they also have a bunch of really good receivers, which, uh, Christian Kirk lines up mostly in the slot. That's an area that we're struggling with right now. Right. And so, you know, this, this comment here challenged their wide receivers at the line, be physical, make Lawrence hold the ball for one more second. It's easier said than done. Right. Because they got shifty I think, wideouts. Yeah. They have really good wideouts. And I think. The issue so far and why teams have been able to get the ball out so quickly is because there's their guys are open so quickly, right? And yes. and a lot of that comes from Isaiah Oliver. He like guys are seeing this on tape now. So that's one of the main targets, but also elsewhere too. So again, that's part of like the the front being disconnected from the back end and, and all that. There's some things they can do to, I'm sure, tweak that a little bit because I know they've done it in the past, right? They can disrupt the timing of the quarterback, and that's how you get those sacks. So I, I'm hoping that they worked on that this week. But it is going to be a challenge. And and while I do expect that the 49ers do get some things right in this game, you know, I'm I'm also a little wary of of this particular matchup and, and how the Jags offense matches up with the 49ers defense. Yeah, like, I think John said it earlier. Like the Niners, I know what we've done, and I know where we struggle, and I know they're gonna Jags are gonna come up with a game plan to take advantage of our weaknesses. And you know, I expect the Niners to do the same. But at the end of the day, I just think the Niners. I mean, the Niners have to just continue to go back to the basics and freaking execute. I need Dre Greenlaw freely flying all over the freaking football field like he normally does. I need Talanoa Hufunga. If they're going to blitz, let's just Talanoa Hufunga blitz. Don't, don't, don't complicate the way he plays football. Like, get him back to playing Troy Palomalu style of football. Like, I miss it. I need it. I don't care if he misses. That's what he needs to do. That It's too much thinking. 
defensively. And I think offensively, the rhythm will be back. You got Debo Samuel. So, like, how do you stop Christian Kirk? Limit, limit Calvin Ridley's explosive plays. Take him out. If you get beat in the slot, cool. Just make the fucking tackle. You're going to get beat in the slot. I don't care who we line up in the slot. You're going to get beat. It's a six-yard play. You're going to get beat. It's going to get beat. But just let it be six yards and hit the motherfucker so he don't want to do it again. Like that, it's the basics. It's wrapping and tackling, screen games, green law, bust that damn screen up, find a way to get through. John talked about him being healthy. His mental is back. Again, I, I, I hate to stress it. It's the second half of the season. The Niners play different the second half of the season. It's probably the only reason why they're still ranked in power rankings, which people don't care about, but people do care about it because they want to see if the Niners are still top five. It's probably why they're still ranked high because people know, oh, shoot, they just added him too. Oh, snap. Nick Bosa, like you said, is going to be juiced up. Not in that kind of way, but we I know what you meant, right? <laughs> not the program way, but the Nick Bosa way. So I'm I, I don't know. I'm not I, I really want to see what the Jaguars is gonna do to this defense because I don't think what they've been doing to Houston, what they've been doing to Indianapolis twice, what they've done, they haven't played a defense like the 49ers defense. You could say they play Pittsburgh's defense, but I tell you right now, Pittsburgh was about to whip that ass. The moment Minka Fitzpatrick went out, that's when the game opened up. I'm just going to yeah. keep it – that's when it opened up. So they haven't played a defense yet, in my opinion. Their schedule is really easy, but that's part of being in the AFC South. Like, you're not going to play a lot of powerhouses. It's one of the worst conferences in football. But, you know, my issue is everybody keeps talking about the screens. I don't have a problem with screens. I'm not worried about screens. I'm worried about telegraphing blitzes so offenses can check into screens and call them at opportune times. That's my Wilkes complaint. And so – I'm not worried about Dre Greenlaw. Yeah, I don't know if you guys had the opportunity to listen to the Warner House and you know him and Greenlaw were on the episode this week. It was incredible. Uh, Warner out there talking about eating raccoons and squirrels back in Arkansas. That's the type of guy I want to see this week. You know what I mean? Do the dirty work. Go do. Go be rugged. Go be crazy. Hit some people. He's played against Travis Etienne and everything about this team is built. At least the offense that you brought up, Steph. It's it's space creators. Ridley, space, you know, Kirk, space, Zay Jones, their tight end, Evan Ingram, space. space. It's just what they do. So tackling has been an issue. Yeah. We just got to rally and tackle. I, I, I would take the Niners defense over this Jacksonville offense every damn day of the week. We just got to be the 49ers. Don't go out mm -hmm. there. You play the way you played the last three weeks, it's going to be a close game. This should not be a game where they dictate what happens offensively. The defense should dictate the entire pace of the game. The 49ers defense should. I like that, John. And uh, we got some people in the comments throwing out some uh, some ideas here. Do you think we see Bosa and Chase lined up on the same same side and Gregory on the other side? I'd be, that's I'd be all down that. Yeah, like, that's, like, that's interesting. I could see them doing it. I don't know if it would happen as early as like Chase's first game uh, with the team, but I could I could see them adding that wrinkle for sure. It would definitely be a threat. I We did the NASCAR package so many times. Seems like we kind of gotten away from that a little bit. A lot of the strength of our defense, the problem is our defensive ends were trash. Yeah, and so is. 
Didn't there was the right so why people. would you put out Drake Jackson? Why would you put out Austin Bryant? Why would you put those guys out there when you got guys like Givens and Kinlaw, who's actually excelled in pass rush? Where would that come from? And been a little bit more problematic in the run game. Antithesis to what he has been and what he was projected as. But now that could change. Now you can get back because you have that depth. And so, yeah, you, you've added Robert Bill Jr. I don't think he's going to get activated this week. But you've added, you know, Randy Gregory, Chase Young. Robert Bill Jr., those three guys, now you have some speed NASCAR-type package tools you could use. Will we see it this week? Mm, I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't I, be mad. I, I don't, we may see a, a different version. Uh, maybe maybe instead of NASCAR, we do like a Daytona package. I don't know. <laughs> I, like, But, but this, it's going to be interesting to see what, what Steve Wilkes. And, you know, I want to see... I want to see, uh, I don't want to say the word change, but I want to see some different exotic things that other teams haven't seen all season. Now, Steve Wilkes has a bunch of tools in his toolbox, right? And so yeah. now the players, if they line up, they just got to go out there and find a way to execute, find a way to knock this Trevor Lawrence kid off of his rhythm. Most important, figure out, make sure you're containing him. He will take off and run. So, like, and we've seen it before. You go back to 2021. But the same way we busted that team wide open then, that was pre-Christian Kirk, pre-Calvin uh, Ridley, right? We figured it out, right? The Niners just got to go out there and just find a way to just execute the plan that's called, be able to adapt and adjust to whatever's going to be thrown at him. I know, John, you said space. What if we give, what if, what if we see a little bit of a difference as far as the way we press? Like, I, I'd rather get beat man-to-man, Mano y mano, Chico to Chico stick, and some type of a man coverage, right? You get beat, then I could actually blame and say that man got his ass whipped, right? right? Yeah. Got it handed to him. But when we're playing off and you're playing man at the top, and then you're playing freaking zone with the cover three, and then it's just like, ugh, it's space. It's automatic seven-yard catch, and now you got to tackle. We, I would like to see some amendments to that. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know where cover one went, but it worked for D'Amico. A lot of the players are still there to play. I just exactly. like when we had interchangeable safeties and Tashawn Gibson can be disguised. There's no more robbering. There's no more nothing. There's no disguise, period. It's weird. It's weird. It's been weird for the past couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah I, think I think the biggest issue. Oh, sorry, Steph. No, I was going to say, like, John, you mentioned that last week, I think, like, about, like, that they're not disguising anything in, in coverage, and that's kind of what's hurting them. I mean, you know what they're doing, and they yeah. one of the biggest switches Steve Wilkes made was he put Tayshawn Gibson in charge of the tight ends, and when they have a movable tight end, Darren Waller, you talk about, you know, the Steelers, whatever, they're putting Gip on him, and they're leaving Huff in the back, which Huff hasn't been bad. We have limited the explosive plays, but like Wade said, he ain't been Huff. You've took that away. And when Huff is up in the box, then it's a blitz play. And guess what? That's yeah. when they hit the screen. Yeah. So, yeah, th that, that's an issue that, that I would really like to see changed. Yeah, there, there's a lot of film to look at <laughs> from week one, I think. And I mean, sorry, week one, first half of the season. And I think we see a lot of trends, right? So for me, like I would think that would make it easier for them to be like, okay, this is our issue. This is what we can counter, you know, mm. to help with that kind of thing. So I, I hope we see some of that. Um, I know, you know, a lot of people still wondering, like, is Wilkes going to be on the sideline Sunday? I don't know. I, I don't know if that's, 
you know, as far as the energy standpoint that Robert Sala and D'Amico Ryans brings or, you know, brought to the team, I don't think you're, you're going to see that with Steve Wilkes, right? But I, I do acknowledge that some people have brought up, well, it could help with communication, like in-game, in real-time communication with the players. Um, and that's one of those things that, you know, when the coach is up in the booth, like, you don't get that, right? So even even with Kyle, there could be some communication, right, happening that, well, I guess they have the headset, so disregard that one. But, you know, How I don't know. How often do you if, see Kyle talking to his players on the sideline? Or addressing not, the offense. Well, not really, because I mean, never yeah, not really. Off, no, unless it's the quarterback. He, 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 quarterback go. He's always more concerned with calling the next play. Like that dude is busy. <laughs> dude is That's busy uh, yeah. on the sideline. That's, so, That's a fact. Um, That's a fact. So I I don't know how you guys feel about it. Like I don't think Wilkes being on the sideline is a necessity, but I could see how it could help from the communication standpoint if the players felt like that would benefit them. Mm. I mean, you, but like we've seen Steve Wilkes, like he is who he is. He's an old dog. That yeah. dude's not a high energy guy. He never has been. That's like asking Wayne not to yell or not to get excited. That Bingo. dude just like, you want him to be, you see the video of him and they score a huge touchdown and everybody's celebrating. And he's just sitting there blinking like a freaking sloth <laughs> on zoo, whatever Zootopia. Like that's just who he is. That's not a bad thing. So don't ask somebody to be what they're not. Like and how, how do sloths blink slow too? Like they like do they everything do, slow. Yeah, but blinking like just ask Steve Wilkes. <laughs> <laughs> and and oh, I'm not. That's God. not a critique on Steve right. Wilkes. Yeah. Don't ask somebody to be what they aren't. Like that's that's what I'm saying. It, like people don't understand. Like Kyle Shanahan never addresses the offense on the sideline. Never has. He doesn't I, do that. I don't think him being in the box is hindering him. I don't think that's the issue. I just think yeah, I the either. issue is communication and execution. And we've seen it. You, myself, Steph, we've seen Fred Warner not in the right spot because for some reason something wasn't communicated properly and then they're out of sync. Like even the great so, – so it's a new way of language. It's a new way of communicating. And the players just got to get kind of used to it. But at the yeah. end of the day, Steph, we rank third in this, third in that, and have a top 10 defense in the NFL. And I know that's not 49ers standard. We need to be one. I get it. But at least we have room and areas to improve. And I think that's what that bye week was all about, figuring out where we're weak so we can become stronger. Yeah. And as Technic Sheik points out, he specifically talked about being up in the booth. So he is not as emotional and can make the calls without getting emotions involved. So I don't think he will change that or that is an issue. That's Ooh. totally fair. I mean, everyone yeah. has a reason for or a preference and, and a reason for that preference. Right. So if it works for Steve Wilkes, I think it's fine. I, I agree. I think the players just have to adjust to that. It, they're not used to it. It's been so many years with the same, mostly same group of guys who have had like, you know, a hype man on the sideline for them, who's pretty much like a player's coach because, you know, they've they've played before in the NFL and all these things. But anyway, I, yeah, I don't really know what to expect. But let me get to 
Oh, yeah. Go ahead, John. Oh, somebody asked, like, how does the communication happen from the booth to the thing? People don't understand that Steve Wilkes, you know, you got the green dot on your helmet that the communication happens up until about 15 seconds. Steve Wilkes isn't even the one calling the plays. That's Johnny Holland that's communicating to Fred Warner. So what happens is you got the booth and there's about seven coaches up there. They're relaying information. All the coaches hear that. Fred Warner just hears Johnny Holland. And so you have all these conversations taking place. So whenever the defense comes off to the field, to the side, let's say interception, turnover, touchdown, whatever, everybody goes to their position groups. They're not even all together. D-line goes together. Linebackers go together. Corners go together. Safeties go together. The position coaches. And so what happens is if I'm Steve Wilkes as a DC in the booth, here's what I'm saying. Coach, talk to your safeties about not biting on the double uh, – the, Two pump moves. Got to be an alley player in the run fit. Talk to Fred. His drop it too deep. And so you're having these conversations. And when the players come over, the position coaches will take their helmets off just like this. You see them all the time because they're getting yelled at or talked to whatever. And they're talking to their players. And then afterwards, they'll put it right back on. And Steve Wilkes, who's been listening the whole time to that conversation, says, yep, good. Also address this. Thanks, coach. We'll move on. That's the way it works. Bingo. Yeah. Yep, that's insightful. I just wanted to get to these uh, comments here. Shout out uh, Boom Gomes for or Gomez, sorry, for the donation. And then James T. Kirk, thank you so much. He said, great meeting you, Steph, at the Bengals game once again. Steph John Breezy, thanks so much for the excellent content. Go Niners. Way to go, James. Ooh, I love it. Kirk. Um, Kirk. Look, I, I, I really quickly wanted to get this last topic in, but it's going to be a quick one because I got to get to a meeting in a couple minutes here. Don't get me in trouble on my job. Um, <laughs> look, I got to call receipts. this out. I got to call this out because I tweeted, tweeted about this right before we went live. The odds of getting the number one seed in the NFC as it stands right now before mm. week 10 is played. Eagles, 71.4%. 49ers, 10.7%. Lions also 10.7%. Cowboys 4.9%. Seahawks 1.7%. I just want to say this about that. This is what irks me so bad about the 49ers dropping games that they're not supposed to. Oh, but Steph, like they they're a second half of the season team. They'll be fine. Like they're still gonna make the playoffs. Yes, sure, that could still happen. They can go on these runs. But this is what pisses me off because you make the job so much harder for yourself. And if you go on that deep playoff run, cool, fine. But you, you're going to find yourself going to Philly in the winter. You really don't know what the weather's going to be like. And that's a tough environment to play in in itself. And you're just making the job harder. This is so that's what irks me. It's like, yeah, but. You, no, I don't want to hear it. Like this, this is exactly why for a team as good as the 49ers, they have no excuse why they should be dropping games that they should be winning. You start five and zero, and then you lose three in a row. That's inexcusable. And I'm seeing the Eagles like be this very like focused team and very like disciplined team. They're winning gritty. You know, they're they're winning the tough games. The 49ers to this point, like the toughest game they've had that they won was against the Cowboys. And you could even argue that wasn't tough because it wasn't even like a close game. So, they, you know, they got the job done there. That's great. That's great. They, you know, they might, they might win out or they, or they might have a really good second half of the season, but I'm just really upset about this. And I think it's fair to be upset about it because I hate this team making the job so much more difficult for themselves in the long run, they got to think like full picture here. And I feel like these last three games, 
we weren't seeing it. So that's end rant. That's it. That's all I wanted to say. Um, <laughs> I got to get to my meeting now. But, you know, I, I appreciate you, uh, Wayne and John, for, for coming on on Wednesdays every morning. You know, make sure you guys subscribe to their channels if you have not yet. You know, John, once again, congrats on a thousand videos. That's amazing. And uh, guys, I hope you enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, folks. All right. Peace.